Get ready for brilliant people, brilliant ideas, and a regular good time. This is Brilliant Thoughts with Success People editor Tristan Almada, the show that thinks about how personalities, relationships, and communication shape business success. And now here he is, Tristan Almada. My next guest needs no introduction for a lot of you. It's Grant Cardone. He's the CEO of seven different companies and holds more than $2 billion in real estate. His book, which you probably read or at least have heard of the 10X rule, is a Bible for the sales industry. And it also spawned the 10X conferences, which is the largest business and entrepreneur conference in the world. He's a sales master. And I had a great time talking to him. I mean, he was eating a pizza at the same time. Let's go. Welcome back to Brilliant Thoughts, a success podcast. I'm your host, Tristan Omada. And today I've got Grant Cardone, which is almost like a part two because we got to interview his wife, who was absolutely amazing, motivational, inspirational. And now we've got Grant. What's up, Grant? Hey, my friend. Good to be with you today. I'm really excited about this. And, and uh, you know, I'm seconds. I don't mind being seconds following my wife up, though. Dude, I mean, it's a hard, that's a hard second, Grant. Your wife's pretty amazing. And that's where I want to start off because she said some pretty awesome stuff about the relationship between you two. And I think we touched on family and the importance of that. And <laughs> did she say I'm a good husband? She said you were awesome. Thank you, Elena. And I want to touch on that first. Your wife is, is amazing. She's supportive of what you do and she's, at the same time, her own beast, right? How how do you make sure that your relationship works? Because I see you out there a lot. I see her out there a lot. What would you say is that that place you meet in the middle? You know, the place, you know, it, it, when you say that to me, what I think about is where we're going is really where we meet. If that makes any sense to you, you know, we that's what keeps us in check. You know, when we have problems and we do like two, you know, you, you can't go through life without problems. And then you add another person, you you multiply the problems because everybody's got their agendas. Even people that are on the same page have their own agendas. And anybody that says they don't have their own agendas is unconscious. Because so, I have my agenda, she has her agendas. And those those agendas, they either work together or they collide. And the, most of the time they collide until you figure out how to make them work together. So really where we meet in the middle, if you will, is where we're going. That is the thing that we will resolve everything for us. If we know that we're going to this place, not satisfied with where we are. Sunday, we were driving, uh, we were coming back from one house that we're fixing to back to where we live. And and I said, you know, what we haven't asked each other lately is what, Elena? And she's like, are we going to make it? That has been for the last decade, a question we kept asking ourselves, when are we going to make it? When are we going to finally make it? When are we going to make it? I don't know, somewhere over the last two or three months, we that question got dropped out because we're a little closer. We feel like we're getting a little closer to where we've been striving and working hard and suffering up to get to. And, um, and, and so it's really important that we keep where we're going as the solution to the little, you know, uh, issues that pop up. Dude, I, I like that. You know, as you were talking about that, 
I feel like, and I heard you once when we when we spoke together, well, back to back, you closed it out. It was in DC at Carrie Shull's event, Hyper Fast Agent. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned something up there that I never really thought about. And I thought about it right now when you said that you're looking forward to something, to accomplishing something together. But you said this, you said, your family is like a business. If you're not treating it like a business, right? There's something wrong with you. And I thought, wait a second, that makes a lot of sense. Like you have, you're working together to accomplish this thing that you call a family, right? And that, dude, that was brilliant what you said. Because yeah. nobody hears what you say when you talk about family. And and I think it's so important because you you put your family first, right? Even though people are watching you with your jet and your helicopter and all this amazing stuff, you're good with family. Well, I, I hope I am. I hope I am. You know, I, I don't, you know, that's to be determined how, how, you know, like people are really impressed with our kids, but I'm like, look guys, they're, they're only 10 and 12. So, you know, <laughs> let, let's give them another, let's give them another few years. I was a great kid at 10 too. And then, then I went kind of rogue. So, um, what happens? We've done a good job being parents up to this point. We've done a good job in our relationships. You know, it, 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 I don't take any of that for granted. I know, I know that what's coming again, I'm back to the future. Mm-hmm. Like I've been successful in business, but so what, like, what, what do I do next? What do I create next? How do I contribute more? How do I become more of an influencer? How do, How do you- I use my influence to impact and, and help more people? So probably the weakest thing I am I am is a husband. Like if you, if you, if you say, Grant, what are you, what are you the weakest at? Dude, I'm like, I'm great at getting the deal done. I'm great at, you know, moving the ball down the field. I'm great at promotion. Mm-hmm. I'm a better parent than I am probably a husband. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something I could improve in, but look, I got to keep looking at what I'm not good at. I got to be honest with myself Yeah, and keep seeing what can I be better at? What can I do better but Elena, Elena's better at all this than I am. So, you know, I, I'm the weak link. If there's a weak link, I'm it. You make a good team, though, man. Just yeah. Seriously, having having seen both sides of it, it's yeah. really cool to see that. Thank you. Thank you. So, I have a question here. When when you're saying you're focusing on what's next, how do you make sure that that aligns with with those values that you have with family and business? How do you how do you make sure that it does align that with that? So what we do and what I've been doing for years now is I I build a life. I I don't build a business and I don't build a family. I build a life. You know, the life, the life is designed. What do I want? So we don't go to our kids to decide where we live. We don't ask the kids. Do you want to move? We don't think it's up to them. You know, they get to be parents later and they can make those decisions right now. It's us. It's us. We, we decide they're, they're being homeschooled because we wanted to homeschool them. We didn't homeschool them because it was better for them. We homeschool them because I want to spend time with them. I bought a plane. I bought a plane because I didn't buy a plane because that's an easy thing to do. I bought a plane because it made my life easier to do my life. You know, spending that much money on a on a piece of equipment is a major, major commitment that I, I think a lot of people, oh, man, it's so cool. You got a jet. Dude, it ain't that cool. It comes with tremendous responsibility. It's a beast. It eats all, constantly. It depreciates in value. It takes up a lot of space. It, it requires tremendous amounts of fuel. And it's sitting there saying, come use me. 
So I'm just using that as an example. These things, they, they require responsibility. I think people look at people that do things like this and they're like, oh my God, it must be so good. Tremendous responsibility. I like that you touch on responsibility because I think I think we often forget that. And you know Jocko with Extreme Ownership, the book. Yeah, um, just well, I was just talking to Jared about Jocko. All right, so Jocko, Extreme Ownership talks. Really, it comes down to, hey, you know what? It's it's up to you. It's it's your responsibility to do all of these things. And I think you own up pretty well to to responsibility when it comes to making sure that you're making stuff happen. What would you say? Because we have entrepreneurs, solopreneurs here listening in. What would you say is the key to this this responsibility idea when you think of it? Well, I think a lot of, you know, on the hard part is that a lot of entrepreneurs and solopreneurs are actually trying to shuck responsibility. You're you're whether you know it or not, you're trying to get out of responsibility by being a solopreneur. You're like, I'm going to work for myself. It's going to be easier. It's not going to be easier. If it's if if, if it's going to be easier, it's going to be a failure. By the way, you know, the the solopreneur that is self-employed is not a business. It is a job. And if you think you're going to leave, I think a lot of people think I'm going to work for myself and it's going to be a cooler thing. You know, if I'm going to if I'm going to put up with somebody, if I'm going to work for not enough money, I'm going to work for myself. It's impossible. You don't work for yourself. Nobody works for themselves. It's impossible to work for yourself. You're always working to, to solve somebody else's problem, to service someone, to do something for someone else. There's no such thing as working for yourself. So I think a lot of people that become self-employed entrepreneurs, this term that really didn't even exist, you know, five or six years ago, you know, six, seven, eight years ago, if you said you were an entrepreneur, that was just code for you're, you're out of work, <laughs> you know? And, and so you're going to end up with more responsibility, not less. You're going to end up working more hours, not less. You're going to end up more in debt, not less. You're going to have more obligation than, than less when you become your own person. And if you're not going to do that, then you should stay working for someone else. All right. You're not going to go up the food chain unless you take total control of your environment and then try to extend. The only way you get better is by extending the responsibility you take for the things around you. Ooh, I like that. All right. So let's let's dive in deeper on that. Taking that responsibility of more of what's around you. How do we... How do we get there, Grant? Because a lot of people, a lot of people aren't even close to taking responsibility for the small thing that they have responsibility for, right? Yeah. So just, you know, what I did was when I was 25 years old, I was coming out of a treatment center for drug addiction. And prior to that, I was blaming everybody for everything in my life. And I came out of that treatment center and I quit blaming people. So it's been 37 years. I blame no one for anything. Even the worst things that have happened to me, the haters, the critics, the lawsuits, the betrayals, the partners that let me down, the employees that stole from me, the guy that sued me, a frivolous lawsuit trying to trying to hold me hostage, thinking that the lawyers were going to, you know, just uh, drain me of legal fees and I'd settle all that. I have to take responsibility for all that. I did something. I did something to allow those people into my life. And the trick about the responsibility thing is the cool little trick is that even when I'm betrayed, if I accept responsibility, it puts me back in charge. 
because I cannot, I can't improve things if I'm a victim. If something happened to me, I wasn't in control of it. If I had something happen, then I'm like, oh, wow, what can I do to make sure that doesn't happen again? If you do it to me, it's like, well, I can't really protect myself. But if I did it, if I pulled you in some kind of way, you know, everybody likes the law of attraction stuff because they're like, oh, yeah, I can make it all happen. But then they're like, but I don't make the bad stuff happen. Okay, so so what I do, whether it's true or not, I don't know if it's true or not, but it works for me. It's like I just accept responsibility for everything. Dude, that reminds me of and I don't know the quote, so I'm not even going to try it. But Marcus Aurelius, right, emperor of Rome back in around 100 AD, uh, AD. He mentioned something around you, what you just said, which is very key. You take responsibility, right? You stop being the victim. And this is the key. You find the opportunities in everything, regardless of what it is. And look, it can be bad, but what's the opportunity? And I love that. You know, From what you said at the very beginning of this, you mentioned about looking forward to like, hey, what's next? I have a feeling that that's a big driver in, in what you do. So you don't stay stuck in this, oh, you know, I'm in a rut, right? Is yeah. that true? Yeah, 100%. Like, and I've been in those ruts. I've hit ruts where I thought I was experiencing burnout because that's kind of the accepted term in our society that you're burning out. I've never actually burned out. I've just rutted out. I've done the same thing so many times. It's so not interesting anymore, even though it would be really, really interesting to other people. Um, it's I've done it enough to where I'm not. That's not my thing anymore. It doesn't interest me. It doesn't hold my interest. There's it's not a challenge anymore. There's not there's not the mystery of loss. Like I like I like the possibility that I can lose the game. Ooh, I like that, man. Yeah, and I mean I lose most of the time. So like I'm doing deals today there's that I'm the new guy. I'm the new guy in the room, right? I'm the new guy. Nobody knows me. Um yeah. I'm having to explain myself. I got to do an audition. You know, I got to sell me and it's cool, man. That's a really cool uh I know the 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 word humble is really uh, uh, appealing to everyone. You're not the top guy or gal, right? But that also, I mean that probably drives you a lot more. Yeah, too. it's a driver, dude. Like if you've ever seen, if you've ever seen, you know, the the athlete that wants to be the actor, the actor that wants to be the comedian, and the comedian that wants to be the businessman. Yeah. Nobody's satisfied. <laughs> so true. Look, Michael Jordan wanted to be a baseball player. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think that that, that was because uh, there was some other stuff going on yeah. in the NBA, maybe. Yeah. But. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Well, let, talk about burnout because – we do hear people use the word burnout so much. Why do you think they feel like they're burning out? Well, because you you bought into some concept that's not actually reality. You have people telling you, oh, you're going to burn out. I've been, I've heard people, people have told me this since I was 23 years old. You're going to burn out, man. You burn it at both ends of the candle. There's no way you can last this long. I, I do more today than I did 28 years ago. So I haven't burned out. I'm not a candle. I'm not a candle in the wind. How do you, well, Grant, how do you keep going? So here, because we we look at you from, from the outside in, all right? We watch you on, <laughs> I love that. That's a pizza, by the way, everybody who's not watching, listening in. Use I carbs. Use I, carbs. I love that. By the way, I just had some, so good stuff. So here, question, You, I'm looking at you from the outside in, right? We've only talked a few times before, but 
dude, you're you're in freaking amazing shape. All right, number Thank one, you. number one, but number two, you have this great energy about you. Like when people get to know you, people what people have talked to you, you're a very sincere, kind, right human being, and people don't see that. How do you maintain that? How do you maintain, first of all, physically keep on going? How do you maintain the humility, which by the way, you do have, and how do you keep going forward? Yeah. So, you know, I just, it goes back to the thing you asked me about Elena, the middle ground. I'm, where, where am I trying to get to? You know, I want to be more, I want to be more influential, not less. I want to do more good, not less. Right. And so at some point, like you can only make so much money and, and then you're like, Hey, I want to make a difference. Mm-hmm. I want to make an impact. And we do make money. Like, like I talk about money all the time. I tell people how important money is. I'm not talking to myself. <laughs> no, you're not. Like I'm doing this for other people. Yeah. You know, Saturday, I, I did a conference, uh, a, a live conference for people on a Saturday afternoon for, uh, I think there was 30, 34 people in the room. Uh, the uh, b- bunch of business people came down here. It wasn't for me. I just showed up, popped in Sunday afternoon at five o'clock. I spoke to 600 real estate investors for someone else's conference. Nice. Um I want to help people, dude. Like, I like people. I like helping people. I like inspiring people. And I like being a good example for, hey, if I can do it, you can do it. When I took on that project, Undercover Billionaire, uh, with Discovery Channel, I was three months. I couldn't use my name, couldn't use any money, had no place to sleep, $100, couldn't call my friends, and couldn't use my credit cards. You couldn't call Glenn Stearns? No, I couldn't. I couldn't call Glenn Stearns. (laughs) And and, um, it was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. And the reason I did that was to show people you don't need a name and you don't need you don't need money to be successful. Like uh, we you know, I spent 90 days in Pueblo, Colorado during COVID, dude, uh, with no money and no place to sleep, no water. I didn't have drinking water and I had to hustle from zero hopefully to build a million dollar business. It's at Discovery Plus. You guys can go there and watch it. See what I did for six bucks. You can watch the entire show, 13 episodes. Nothing is produced. It's completely authentic. It is real TV as you can get real TV. I love that, man. And we ended up building a five and a half million dollar business in 90 days with no money. And what you, you watched me go through all the losses and the, the, the being without my family and couldn't use my name. Like it was, but I did that. To show people, not tell people, hey, you can do anything if you have the right plan. I think that's the key, man, showing the people. All right, we've got a couple minutes here. Last questions for you. Who are the biggest influencers in your life? Like, who do you look up to or who inspires you? So many people. I mean, I get asked this question all the time. Like, who's the guy, right? But Or people, um, right? Or people. Yeah, I mean, uh, my friend Glenn Sanford, I'm going to be on a call with Glenn today with EXP. Huge inspiration to me. Great guy. Like, salt of the earth, dude. Dude. Um, Agreed. But look, I got Jared Glant. Jared just walked in my office. Jared's 35 years old. He's been with me for 10 or 11 years. He's starting a family. He's got two kids, works hard all the time. Completely different personality than I am. But he sees the, he gets the deal done. Like, it's not just like mythical characters. Yeah. You know, like Elon Musk. Uh, I love Elon. I, I love I love Elon's story. I like the way he plays the game. 
Steve Jobs, not the way he raised his family, but the way he committed to his business. Yeah. Um, down down to, you know, some of the, the old guys, some of the, you know, the legendary guys that you've mentioned today that go back to the AD times. Yeah, yeah. We were talking about right before you jumped in, I was talking to the uh, success producer. We were talking about Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa. I remember yeah. that. That was that was fun to watch, man. That yeah, I watched all those guys. All, Johnny Bench, man. All those guys were inspirations to me about possibility. Uh, Big Sean hit me this weekend. I don't know if you know who Big Sean is. You probably don't, but do you? Yeah, dude, that's cool. He hits me on Instagram. I mean, Big Sean's got 13 million followers on Instagram. He's like, man, I love your game, man. You got the game tapped down, dude. Like, like I, I just like learning from other people, other groups, and 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 other uh, d- uh, demographics than just what I grew up in. I love that, man. Well, Grant, look, we won't take up much more of your time. That's it. Thank you so much. We're right on the hour. We appreciate you, and we're big supporters, so thank you. Appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for having me today. Thanks, man. Thanks. Bye-bye. Those are all the brilliant thoughts that we have for you today. If you like what you're hearing, drop us a review or just tell your friends. This has been a success podcast. Head to success.com slash podcast to hear more just like it.